It's Wednesday, March 16th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool stock advisor Andy Cross, from Million Dollar Portfolio Ron Gross, and from Motley Fool Asset Management Bill Barker. Guys, good to see you. Hey, Thanks, Chris. Hey, Chris. It is day three of our focus on Japan, and let's face it, it's not just us, it's pretty much everyone. Uh, the Nikkei index rebounded up more than 5%, but all of the U.S. indices are down thanks to continuing fears about the nuclear crisis in Japan. Um, I want to pivot off of the nuclear crisis and and look at uh, at least one of the companies, one of the big companies that is being affected by this, and that's GE. Uh, GE has a nuclear service and parts business that uh, produces about a billion dollars a year for that company. They're looking to grow the business, sell some new reactors to countries around the world. Ron Gross, uh, how are those prospects looking now? Not as strong. Um, so a little perspective. Three of the, of the reactors at the Fukushima Daiichi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, plant use a GE design. So obviously from um, a publicity perspective, of, uh, this is certainly not a good thing. Um, the damaged um, in Unit 1 is actually a 40-year-old um, piece of equipment from GE. Um, so again, not great um, in terms of wanting to build a business and pivot off of, of the bad news that's happened. Um, a little different perspective, the $1 billion business is less than 1% of GE's revenue base. Um, so I don't see this having an effect at all on valuation. Um, and I don't think the business is actually going to go away. It just might not be growing anytime soon, um, because I think... Uh, Many countries around the world are going to have to revisit their nuclear strategy. And as you said, I mean, some of the countries around the world certainly are revisiting their nuclear strategy. Uh, uh, Germany, um, China, uh, India. India. I mean, th- these are countries that um, use nuclear power, but have also, uh, in the wake of this crisis, have put some degree of uh, moratorium or, or hold on their their planning process, their building process. Andy, long term. Um, what do you think this does for nuclear power? You know, for me, when you look out, like the the electricity demand for not just the U.S. but certainly for China and India are so great that um, there may be some slowdowns on this. But you got to imagine that it just kicks back up again when you start looking at all the demand. And in fact, looking at what's going on in the Middle East, you just can't. You have to think that these countries that are in such demand for so much electricity that they're going to want other options. As I said at the top, we've been focused on Japan all week. Certainly, CNBC and, and Bloomberg and others have been rightfully focused on Japan all week. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, news has stopped elsewhere in the world. Uh, and we were talking before the, the taping today, Bill. Um, the Middle East and the situation with oil there, that, that really hasn't changed at all, has it? Uh, only in the sense that you and I and everybody else are, are paying more for gas than we were uh, last week, which was significantly more than the week before, which itself was significantly more than the week before that. And my expectation is next week's going to be even worse. Ron? Yeah, and at the same time, we see gas prices going up. Let's not forget food prices are going up at, at the exact same time, which, uh, you know, the core inflation rate may be somewhat tame, but real working uh, families in America are really feeling the pain from both gas and food prices, and that does have implications around the economy. Bank of America Merrill Lynch published a list of the top 10 companies in the S&P 500 that have exposure in Japan. Um, This does not include semiconductor companies. Uh, But right there at the top of the list, Andy Cross, uh, far ahead of number two, number one is Aflac. Um, How nervous 
should Aflac shareholders be with Aflac doing 75% of their business in Japan. So I, I, the way that we, we think about this is that here at Stock Advisor, where Aflac is a recommendation of ours, um, is that, like you said, 75 to 80% of their business is done in Japan. They have a huge moat there. They, they insure one out of four households in Japan with supplemental insurance, health and, and life insurance. So um, it, it is a, it's a risk. And the stocks reflected that. It's down 10% since the, since the, um, the disaster started, an earthquake disaster. Um, but now it's gotten worse with the risks of potential cancer treatments and radiation poisoning from the, from the nuclear disaster. So um, the thing that has, that's going with AFLAC, that AFLAC has going with it, is it's, it does somewhere between $1 and $2 billion of earnings a year. It pays a dividend. It's been paying for years. It buys back loads of stock. It can continue to grow somewhere probably in the 8 to 10% range, those earnings. Um, and the payments, if something happens with the um, cancer radiation uh, over time, that's a very long-term um, payments they're going to have to make out over many, many years for this all to play out. Uh, Bill, a couple of the other companies on the list, Coach and Tiffany, a lot of exposure for those two businesses when it comes to Japan. How scared should those shareholders be? I don't think there's anything to be scared about if the you know the sales in Japan for both of those companies are in the mid to high teens. It's a total percentage of of their sales, and that's quite significant. But not everybody in Japan is now going to refuse to buy a Coach handbag or not buy Tiffany uh, jewelry because of this. Some people uh, obviously will be affected, and it will hurt sales there to a, to a degree. But you know, if you're talking about the long term of these companies, it's not really affected in any meaningful way. Now, both of those stocks may have had independent reasons to sell off, given their you know much increased valuations over the last two years. Just as the the stock market in general has reasons to look at things like Japan, things in the Middle East, and reevaluate whether you know, prices have to move up all the time, as as they've done pretty nicely for two years now. Andy, the other part about Coach is that Japan, while it is about twenty percent of their of their business, it hasn't been growing very rapidly for them. In fact, over the last year, it's been about flat at best in local currency. The real growth for these for so many of these these luxury brands are in the other Asian economies, specifically in China. I mean, Coach has one hundred and seventy stores in Japan, and they have. Less than fifth, fewer than fifty in China, and that will change over time. So the real opportunity for for the, on the international scale, at least for Coach, is on is in China. One of the other stories surrounding Aflac uh, deals with Gilbert Gottfried, the comedian who is the voice of the Aflac duck in the U.S. commercials, and uh, he put out some uh, attempts at humor on Twitter. Uh, that uh, made light of the situation in Japan, and Aflac promptly fired him. Um, and I think that uh, the reaction of most people looking at that story was, yeah, that, that, that seems like the, a very appropriate response. So uh, clearly, Aflac is looking for a new voice for their duck. And let's just go around the table. Uh, Bill, I'll start with you. Do you have a, a recommendation for the new voice for the Aflac duck? You know, we spent a little time down at Motley Fool Asset Management all together during our lunch hour thinking about the, the right way to answer this. And you I, get a lunch hour? Well, you know... Uh, <laughs> Man, it's, when, when, it's cushy when, down there on the first floor, isn't it? Well, we are having a board meeting today, so yeah, there was a more structured lunchtime than normal. But uh, I thought the way to think about this was 
who is it that is really, really, really annoying in large doses, but tolerable in extremely small doses, that being how I think of Gilbert Gottfried. And so we came up with Joan Rivers as being the best example mm. of that. However, I would go with, you know, if you're going to replace somebody who, who was on SNL with another SNL player, I'm, I'm going with John Lovitz as being the, the, my choice. He's replaced SNL uh, people in the past. Yep. I think he's available. <laughs> and probably he can do the job. All right. Andy? I'm, I'm going the other direction. I actually want to change the whole pace away from the annoying sound of Gilbert Gottfried and John Lovitz, which I actually like. Good suggestion. I'm actually going with a voice that I love, and that's Peter Cullen. The name may not sound familiar, but he's the, he's the Optimus Prime voice in the Transformer uh, movies. But more importantly, he's also the voice of Carr, the kit nemesis in the old Knight Rider days. Uh, so I'm going with Peter Cullen. So you want an electronic duck? I want an electronic duck. Yeah, du- I, want, I, want a, I want a sonorous kind of nice voice. I'm going to change a pace here. But it, I'm thinking of the economics here. If you're Affleck. Is the duck speaking English now? I mean, <laughs> He's speaking electronics. If, if you're Affleck and you go with the voice of Optimus Prime, don't you, doesn't Hasbro need to get a cut of that? Don't you have to pay out to Hasbro as well? I don't know. Or I think he really retains the right to maybe. his voice. To his voice? Yeah. Maybe not. I, I don't you know. You know what? Silly question. Maybe make the Affleck. He's also Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh Maybe make the Affleck well Duck too, Transformer. So. That'd be something. Uh, Ron, you get to wrap it up. So I was going the same direction as Andy. Let's go away from that kind of funny, wacky voice, something very distinguished, very high class. Yep. Who else is better than Mr. Sean Connery? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones would be good. And if he were still with us, Barry White. You, you know, it's tough to beat Barry White's voice. I think George, George Bush would be good, too. And at the end, he goes, hey, hey. <laughs> And interesting, Ron and I were talking about this earlier, but the duck is not – Gilbert Gottfried's voice is not the the big one in Japan. In fact, maybe not used at all. So right. totally Gilbert Gottfried doesn't play in Japan? Does not play in Japan. That's almost not hard to all. believe. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so bigger here in the U.S. than Japan. All right, Andy Cross, Ron Gross, Bill Barker. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 